Well, all right, crew. If you got a Bible, John 15, uh, we'll be there for a brief moment, and then we're gonna, uh, I'm going to lead us in some time of prayer uh, together to start the new year. Um, before I get there, I uh, uh, heard an interesting story this week. Um, there was at one time in the uh, 18th century, I believe, uh, where there was this very mysterious medical phenomenon going on called uh, the Black Deathbed. Uh, and it was, ba- here's the synopsis, that tons of women all over Europe uh, were dying of a mysterious, terrible illness uh, almost, uh, you know, within a few days of, uh, of giving birth to a child. Uh, and so, and, and they couldn't really figure out what was going on. <clears throat> and uh, so they started to do some research, just tons, actually up to 70% of women during that time were dying of this disease in Europe. Uh, almost immediately after giving birth to children. It was really, really strange. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, and it was, it was really wreaking havoc on the population, uh, causing a lot of terror, causing a lot of people not wanting to have children. Uh, so it was, it was pretty rough. <clears throat> and, uh, and so the doctors were trying to figure this out. And of course, they didn't have the medical knowledge that we do now. And, uh, and so what they would do is in the morning when they come into work, they would find that women have died overnight. And so they began to do autopsies in the morning uh, to try to figure out what was happening and why this is spreading. And it was kind of a very terrible way to die. Uh, and then later on in the day, they would go and, and help women deliver babies. Uh, and, uh, and, and they couldn't figure out the, the, the problem that they were going and doing autopsies in the morning. And then almost immediately after going to go and, and, and use the same instruments and not wash their hands and give and help women give birth later on in the day. And so finally, somebody came up and said, you know, I think that it'd be wise if you guys would wash your hands and clean yourself off and then clean all your instruments before you were to give, uh, to help assist a woman give birth. Uh, maybe that would help. And all of the kind of medical folks, all these doctors were like, no, you're, you're crazy. That's, that's stupid. Why would we ever do that? That's a waste of time. It's a waste of water. Uh, we're, we're not going to do that. And they did this for 30 years. 30 years they went on in this type of ignorance and arrogance where they just didn't believe that what they were doing in the morning would cause problems in the afternoon, causing the death of thousands upon thousands of women. It's, it's amazing that they just thought it was the circumstance. They, they thought it was the environment. They thought it was the wrong tools. They thought it was the women themselves. They thought it was some, you know, some other form of disease when really the problem was them. They were the problem, and they just didn't want to admit it. And they didn't want to do something as simple as simply wash their hands. As we move into the new year, we have to think through how God has vision for our future, that there might be small things. Now is the time to really be thinking through, what are these small things in my life that need to change, that are going to make a big difference? And now is the time to begin thinking about that on January 1st. And so quickly, I want to I have you guys think through, how can, I ha- how can I go through this new year with a plan? Now, a lot of us do resolutions. Now, resolutions are just a big word for goals, right? Now, here's the deal, though. Plans eat goals for breakfast. You've got to have a plan. If you're going to have a goal, you better have a plan. But we have to be able to get our, wrap our mind around this. And so I want us to be thinking through uh, not just one, two, or maybe three resolutions or goals that we have for the year, uh, but I also want us to be thinking through like holistic about all of life and thinking through 
what, it, what we might do this year in different areas of our life to set goals, but not only set goals, but also have plans revolving around those goals, okay? So I, I, wanna, I have a little acronym uh, for this year, ASPIRE, okay? So if you're taking notes, this should be really quick, ASPIRE. Uh, I think it should be up on the screen. There it is right there. And, and I want, I'm doing this without any notes because I want to do it. I want you guys to memorize this as well. Okay. Uh, so if, you're, if you want to take notes, that's fine. But I also want you to think through just memorizing this and thinking through each one of these categories in your life and thinking, is there small changes or even big changes that I want to make in these particular areas that will help me through uh, 2017? The first one is the most important. I'm going to read the, the, this verse first from John chapter 15. Uh, that's really going to help us with the A. Okay, go ahead, Elizabeth. Put that. John chapter 15. Oh, yeah, okay, it's a five. Okay, so uh, verse one. I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, ta- uh, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. <clears throat> Already... You are clean because of of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So that first A in the, in the abide acronym, or I'm sorry, the, the aspire acronym is abide. Now there's going to be two. I'm going to give you the second one. and They're going to be very similar to one another. One and two are going to be very similar to one another. Uh, but the first one is this. Abide means to just be, to be with Christ, to be with Christ. I think a lot of times our spiritual life turns into what we're going to do for God. This, this, this is a different concept. When Jesus says that we're going to abide with him, it means that we're just going to be with him and that we cannot bear fruit. Nothing good is going to happen in 2017 outside of God's presence and goodness for us. And so if, if, we, have, if we have any hope to, to have our goals, to have our plans come to fruition, to actually bear fruit, then we might want to think about just being with Christ Finding ways to just be with Christ. Now, a lot of you might be thinking, okay, what does it even mean to be with Christ? First of all, and the first step is means to be a Christian, to give your faith, uh, to give your, uh, your life to Christ so that he might save you from your sins, so that we might abide with him, be in his presence, walk alongside of him. So there's the be, and then the second part is the do. And I'm gonna put uh, the S is your spiritual life. Your spiritual life. What are the things that you're going to do this year that are going to help you grow in your spiritual walk with the Lord. It'd be good uh, to, to have a Bible reading plan of some kind. Today's January 1st, a great day to figure out what a Bible reading plan for yourself is going to be this year. Are you going to try to read the whole Bible in a year? A lot of people try to do that. Maybe the whole New Testament, maybe walk through a chronological walk through the scripture, maybe a gospel walk or something like that. There's lots of different ways that you can plan out how to read the scripture this year that will help you grow in your walk with the Lord. I think, where's David? There we are. We have that, right? All right, sweet. Do we have that in like copies of it here? Okay, it's on Facebook. Awesome. Okay, so Facebook, we're going to be putting out in your emails and stuff like that. But we have a church that came. Some, some people are wondering, hey, I used the uh, whole story plan last year for my Bible reading plan. Are you guys going to produce anything this year that's going to be similar? The answer to that is only sort of. Uh, we, want to be able, we want you to be able to kind of figure out the Bible on your own and not just use us all the time as the person who's going to 
feed you. So we, we want to make sure that you can read the Bible, uh, kind of walk through it on your own. However, we do have provided a plan for you if you would like. But if you go online, there are literally hundreds of Bible reading plans that will fit you, okay? So my hope is, is that you'll grow in your spiritual walk with Christ. You'll plan to make some uh, time with, uh, of prayer, set aside time during the day to make sure that that happens, okay? So first it's the abide, which is kind of just the be with Christ. And then the, the second part, the spiritual walk is more of the do. How am I gonna be and do in my relationship with Christ and make plans around those two things? The P is physical. Now, this is, uh, this, is the, uh, this is what normally people think about when they're thinking about New Year's resolutions. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to lose 50 pounds, whatever your plan is. Uh, but my hope is that you know, God has created your body uh, and you, that you would take care of it this year. Uh, so there are definitely plans where I think the Lord definitely looks kindly on people who look at their bodies and think through, how can I be more healthy in 2017? That is a good thing. It's just as much a spiritual battle and victory uh, to be physically fit and be thinking through the choices that you eat and exercise and all that stuff, because God created your body and he doesn't create junk. So it's bad for us to treat our bodies like junk sometimes. So think through how you're going to walk with the Lord in this area of being uh, your physical world, okay? <clears throat> this, is, uh, this one I love, uh, intellectual how are you going to grow intellectually? Now, parents, we focus on our children that we want them to grow intellectually. We want them to be readers. We want them to study well. We want, we want them, to, their minds to grow. But somewhere around 24 or 25, we decide most of the time that we're done growing intellectually. How dumb is that? We need to be lifelong learners all the time. Here's, what that's, here's usually what this means. It means that you need to become a reader. That is the way that you, that is the primary way that folks grow intellectually is become a reader. Now you might say, yo, 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 I am not a reader. That is not my thing. Now, if you know how to read, that means that you're a reader, okay? Uh, so if, if you don't like reading books, it just means that you are lazy, not a reader, right? Does that make sense? And so, so if you're going to grow in your, like, I want you to grow in your, your body, if you're past 25 years old, your body is done growing, hopefully, unless it grows this way. Okay, so, um, but you can continue to grow. God has gifted us a brain and he's gifted us the ability to continue to grow intellectually for the rest of our lives. Let's do that. Decide, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to spend 15 minutes reading every day something so that my mind can grow. Do you know that if you set aside 15 minutes per day to read books, you will finish eight books this year? Amazing. Depends on the size of the book, but a normal medium-sized book, you'll finish eight books if you just decide I'm going to read for 15 minutes a day. That's an intellectual exercise. My hope is, is that you'll take that challenge, okay? So growing intellectually. Ours relationally or relationships. Do you have a plan to grow in your relationships? Most of us don't think about this one. Do you have a plan to grow in your marriage? You might think my, my marriage, you might think, well, marriage is just kind of static. We said I do, and we're just hoping to survive the next year. It doesn't work like that. How are you planning to grow in your relationship with your spouse? How are you planning to grow in your relationship with your children or your friends or your workplace? What is your, how are you going to walk through that? There has to be some goals and some plans in place. It might be this. Let me just give you, let me give you some advice. Your world will change if you leave your cell phone alone during conversations. The most amazing thing that you can do is go through a meal without looking at your phone. Try it. I promise it'll change your world. And get this, here's the deal. Leave your phone at home. Like if you're going out with a bunch of friends, 
Like get like four or five friends together and leave every phone at home. Leave every phone at home and just tell the, like tell your emergency contact, hey, we're gonna go out to Outback. If you need me, call Outback, right? The world survived before cell phones, all right? So it's possible. Here's the reason why I want you to leave it at home. Like, oh, I can leave my phone alone. I just leave it in my pocket. I can leave it in my purse. No, you're gonna go up, you're gonna get up and go to the bathroom and the first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna check your phone, right? Here's what happens when you don't check your phone. When, when the conversation goes kind of, you know, it just kind of goes down or nobody's really talking to one another, you, everybody checks their phone, right? Because you're looking, at, you're looking at another relationship that you might have, right? You're more engaged with that. But if you don't have a phone, you know what happens? Hey, I heard your dad was sick. How's he doing? That's what happens. Tell me about that. Tell me about what you're doing with your life. Conversation, relationship. That slow trickle of a good relationship begins to happen when we unplug and our relationships begin to grow, okay? So be thinking through that. B, this last one, I love this one. Evangelistic. What is your evangelistic goals this year? Is there one, and we talk about this all the time at church, at church at Cane Bay. There's relationships that you have, your spouse, your friends, these people that you know, your Christian friends, people at church, whatever. But what is your evangelistic goals? Folks, if you're a Christian, you are a missionary, it's impossible to, to be a Christian and, and not a missionary. That's an impossible thing. You ha- if you are a Christian, it means that you are a missionary. You have a message to give, and it's the gospel. So my hope is, is that this year, even right now, it might be on this piece of paper in your mind, however you want to think, there is one person in your life that is not a believer, does not know Jesus, and you are responsible to tell them the gospel in 2017. Who is that person going to be? It could be a resolution that you might have. It might be Brian, Lucy, June, well, whoever it's going to be at work, your neighbor, whoever it's going to be, find someone in your life that you are going to make a goal to say, I'm going to get involved in this person's life and I'm going to eventually get to a place where I can give them the gospel and give them an opportunity to respond to that gospel. That's why our church exists. So we have to have some pretty clear and compelling goals and a plan to aspire to do something a little better uh, in 2017. And it all starts with that abiding in Christ, to being in the presence of God. Uh, and then all the rest of it begins to bear fruit after we abide in Christ.